Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the glorious one, Bobby Roode, and you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, Brendo Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you're going to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notify bell next to it. We just celebrated our 182,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. Very exciting things. We just celebrated that yesterday. Wow. Very, uh, very exciting, Larson. 182,000 subs. We have the trophy. Are you upset with me right now? Because I, I just revealed to you that I threw the tournament yesterday. You didn't throw anything. That's on the that's, on the sub party thing. That's absolutely not true. You didn't I, throw anything. I'm, okay, I'm sorry. I, I said what I said. Congratulations. You said what you said because you don't want to admit that you lost. No, man. Look, I won the first three matches. At a certain point, there needs to be some appearance of competition. And so but here's the thing. And I thought every, that every a rage quit ending similar to hold on, similar to the one we got at the end of Interdimension Tension when I power bombed your head on the monitor and then made you tap out. Similar to that, I thought, oh, what a great way to wrap up that by rage quitting. It's all an elaborate work. Pro wrestling is a work, Larson. Yeah. Just like there's zero uh, shoot about everything you just said. It's all a work. Everything you just said. At the time, <laughs> you were trying to win. Now you're retconning your uh, your motivation for all of it. It's not true. It's Look, simply man. not believable. All right, here, tell you what. We have wrestling to talk about. People don't want to hear us bickering about some video game stuff we did. They want to hear us bicker about actual wrestling. Before we start, can I just say one thing? I love you. Thank you. <laughs> you're not going to say it back? Sorry, I was swallowing. What? No! Oh, no! All right, yeah, so anyways, we're available uh, right here at YouTube.com forward slash Stephen Larson on the iOS podcast app. If you have a moment, if you want to contribute to the show in a very, very easy way, just sit there and write a rating or leave a, or write a review, rather, or leave us a rating on that podcast app. It really helps the show. Uh, we're also available on Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We've got 44 amazing friendos watching right now, putting up with our BS during the pre-show and again during the post-show. Every Tuesday, we've got our chat trivia challenge for our patrons and uh we're also available prowrestlingtees.com forward slash going in raw where you can you can get this shirt right here this fun wrestling shirt that my good my good friendo here designed so yeah we gotta talk about 205 live in nxt today are you excited? I'm excited about talking about nxt but I don't really want to oh programming note at three o'clock in about two hours well 
not two, two hours from like the point we're filming this. Three o'clock Pacific time. Three p.m. Pacific time. We're going live at twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson for our our for the very first episode of. Should we announce the name here? Sure, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. What is it called? Best Action Dojo Wrestling. Yeah. That's right. It's the next iteration under the Friendo Unified Championship Wrestling banner. Um, bad Wrestling is here in 2K18, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and then we're going to come up with a logo for it. But today yeah. we're going to test out some of the submissions that we've and already we're received. we're also going to have a, a match to determine who gets the first pick in the Bad Wrestling Draft. That's right. Will I throw that one? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what's best for business, Larson. That's what it's all about. Anyway, yeah, let's talk about, let's let's briefly talk about, this is going to be a quick episode if all we had to talk about was 205 Live, because, man, it is missing Neville, let me tell you what. Oh, yeah. Huge. It's not good. Huge man. hole with Neville uh, apparently leaving the company. Uh, the first about 14 minutes of the show was a recap package yeah. of everything that happened in the last few weeks, and then just Enzo talking. And talking, dude. I uh, and I talking lo- and making a bunch of uh, really dated references to Seattle. Yeah, yeah, I know it was terrible. I uh, I looked up at the at like the clock or whatever. Um, midway through, wait, was it him and yeah, Callisto? Callisto didn't say anything. He just came out attacking. He just him. came out. He came out like wearing like it looked like underwear. It's funny when I paused it and I was like, what the hell is that guy wearing? And then I just sort of put my thumb right here and I was like, it looks like he's naked if I do this. Because he doesn't really come out like in nothing usually. Well, usually he has that armor. He's got the armor on, yeah. But he's more that to fight. Yeah. That's just when he walks out to the ring. The last time they actually fought, wasn't he wearing like a top? No. Really? No. He looked naked too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, goes to show how much I pay attention. Um, Yeah, dude, Enzo's promo. That that entire segment, all that, I'll put it this way. The first match didn't start until literally the 15-minute mark. Yeah. The 15-minute mark. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. For a show, and we sort of heard rumblings that with the the ratings the way they were, they were going to switch things up to make them a bit more story character based as opposed to wrestling based. Bad idea. Bad idea. Terrible idea. That means we're going to get our first wrestling match at 15 minutes. This whole hour had two matches. Yeah, I know. Two. I know. Because not only do we have the recap of the whole Enzo storyline preceding his promo, he had his extended promo. You had that brief brawl. Between Kalisto and Enzo. Yeah. And Kalisto got the upper hand. Then we had another recap package of the Cedric Alexander, Brian Kedrick, Jack Gallagher saga. They're really long. I think it's the same one they showed on Raw, too. Yeah. It just seemed like there was a lot of filler to start the show. And, okay, here's the thing. I'll play devil's advocate for just a moment here. They do have two matches yeah. coming up at TLC, both on the main show. Yeah. So maybe... Plus, plus Drew Gulak has a segment during the kickoff. The, the kickoff show, he's got a PowerPoint, PowerPoint presentation. So maybe they just wanted to save the juice for the actual show, and this was sort of just... Uh, because Raw, Raw felt like a pretty decent go-home. Mm-hmm. What happened on 205 Live really wasn't necessary. Um, and usually that's where they build. That's where that's where things usually are necessary on the actual 205 Live show for those storylines. So in a sense, okay, I kind of understand. WWE, their go-homes lately haven't been all that great anyways. There's a couple of notable exceptions. But generally, they haven't been that great. And so maybe this is just sort of falling in line because they've got some high-profile sh- uh, matches at TLC. Maybe they just felt, okay, 
we just need to hammer home TLC yeah. as opposed to make another compelling episode of 205 Live. I know, but this makes for a pretty boring episode of 205 Live. There I was know, yeah. one pretty good match. Rich Swan and Jack Gallagher was yeah, no, it was, time. Yeah, it was a good match. Uh, it was relatively hard-hitting. Mm, yeah, because Rich Swan had to, to Rich Swan in this match, he had to adapt his style to Jack Gallagher's style. Yep. And so you see Rich Swan instead of doing the more athletic, you know, high flying moves, striking. Striking, doing ground and pound, doing stuff like that more in line with what Jack Gallagher's heel persona is doing these days. So that was cool. I mean, they told a decent story there. Yeah. Um, Swan and Alex Swan and Cedric Alexander I think make a great team. Oh yeah. If they ever did decide to sort of dismantle the Cruiserweight division, I think putting a lot of these guys in tag teams would be would be smart. And uh, those two guys they did like a little inset promo thing, mm-hmm. which was like completely scripted, and those guys don't do great when they're scripted. Um, but you could just tell that they and they like each other, yeah. and they've got good chemistry together, even if they're reading dialogue that is not suited for them. Yeah. Um, so you know they look cool. They look cool oh, yeah. together. They're they a good team. Do. Yeah. Uh, finish this match. Uh, uh, Rich Swan come to the outside. Brian Kendrick attacks them, so Rich wins by DQ. Mm-hmm. And then Kendrick and Gallagher start attacking Swan and Alexander. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Swan and Alexander get the upper hand. Yeah. Um, and then Gallagher and Kendrick flee. So faces stand tall. What does that mean for the match? Who, who predicted the heels are standing tall at TLC? No. Yeah, I said the heels were going to win at TLC. Ooh. You said I said the faces. Yep. Uh oh. Bad Steve, move, Steve. The map holds up. Oh, man. Bad move, me. Anyways. After um, that, we had uh, Drew Gulak with an extended promo. Yeah. I See, I'm always okay with that. Oh, oh I am too. I don't, I could, I'll watch an hour of Drew Gulak talk. He's hilarious. He yeah, makes he me is. laugh. That dude is so funny. And he uh, continued with one more slide of his PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. Slide number nine. Rule number nine, as he put it. Yeah. No defying authority. Yeah. Follow the rules. Follow the rules. I mean, that's actually a really good point, though. You don't really want to defy authority too much, do you? I mean, you, know, you don't go out and about and spitting at authority figures. Well, I mean... It, like, when we had jobs at Machinima, like, I would talk crap to you because you were technically my boss. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I defied authority a little bit. You would just say, hey, can you make an edit? Like, you'd very diplomatically say, hey, can you make yeah, an edit right here? And nice I'd say, whatever. I was always very nice about things. I would say, uh, you're annoying. Yeah, you would. I know. I never typed that to you, but you knew that I thought it. Oh God, yes. <laughs> Body language speaks volumes. Ugh, you're so annoying sometimes. Ugh, ugh, irritating. Uh, anyways, what now? What's happening? Uh, after it's like there's literally five items on the two hundred five live breakdown. You'd, you'd think with We've been five talking things, for five minutes, and we're done. That it was a half hour show. This took the entire hour. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Main event was Kalisto, Mustafa Ali versus Enzo and Arya Davari. It was okay. Uh, there was this great spot or sequence where uh, Mustafa got the hot tag yeah. in clean house. Why, why is it Mustafa Ali in Kalisto's spot? I know. Mustafa I know. Ali's great. I know. Could you imagine if they let him do some like sort of shoot-style promos, drop that on Enzo? That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Kalisto can't... He can't... I'm so inferior... I hate everything about Kalisto, man. He's good in the ring. He's decent in the ring. I think he, I'll put it this way, he's decent in what they let him do in the ring, but I think he can do a lot more. That's not his fault, I know. But, like, he can't talk. He cannot talk. He can't talk at all. I don't care about one lick of what comes out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, let me ask you this, though. I did notice this a little bit. Maybe I was just searching. Maybe I was just grasping for straws. We try to stay positive. I know it's difficult when we get an episode like this. 
But watching Enzo knock around in there with the cruiserweights, I was like, I was looking, I was like, is Enzo getting a little better in the ring? I actually kind of wonder if he sticks around 205 Live enough and is involved in enough of these tight matches he where he's surrounded. He might approach competency. Maybe. He <laughs> might at some point be able to hang. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's going to ever be able to hang in terms of doing... He's not going to be the next Grand Metal League. No. But, you know... In terms of just telling stories and, and, and not botching spots. Him and Drew Gulak might have a good match. Yeah. You know? Him and Noam Dar. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I'm trying to look for silver linings. Oh, no, I agree. You know? But I, they, it, there is definitely a massive hole where Neville was. Oh, this this Kalisto Enzo feud has zero heat. There needs, dude. There needs to be there, zero heat. There needs to be a talent, some talent infusion. It desperately needs a Johnny Gargano. I mean, Leo Rush is going to blow it up when he comes in. But I, that's going to be that is going to be really interesting. Number one, if there is a 205 live by the time. Leo Rush uh, ends up on main roster, mm-hmm. and what the plans are. We always say that, but, you know, it's obvious, like, with Bobby Roode, for example, okay, well, there are no plans. Nope. They don't actually have plans. Nope. Um, but with Leo Rush, I wonder what they see for him in terms of bringing him up to the main roster. Yeah, you, you know. think they'd have some idea, like, oh, this guy would be great Well, for I would imagine team. if... Uh, Triple H or William Regal are the people who sign uh, talents to NXT. They would have an idea of what yeah. they wanted to do short-term and also ideally long-term, but yeah. once that comes across to Vince or Kevin Dunn's desk, who knows how it changes. Yeah, you'd think. So, I mean, we've read before that Triple H, he wants everybody called it from NXT to have a six-month plan. Well, mm-hmm. it's plainly obvious that usually isn't the case. Yeah. I like hearing chat on the Patreon chat. Got X-Ray Vision said, wow. I'm very glad I decided to read a book instead of watching 205 Live. Books are good, kids. Yeah, read. Books are good. I need to read more. Yeah, man. Um, I'll, I'll take a positive out of all this. Okay. Is that uh, Kalisto was at least showing some intensity, mm-hmm. and which meant he didn't talk as much. Oh, he got the clean pin on uh, Enzo, yeah, too. after a Salida del Sol. And after the match, he, he wasn't content with just beating him. Yeah. Uh, he hit him with a suicide dive. and they Oh, he said that in his stupid promo, too. I'm going to beat him up. Oh, my God. Really? I'm going to beat him up? That's what you got for us, Kalisto? Anyway. Well, he doesn't write his promos. I kind of feel like he, like, did, did they say, hey, Kalisto, he's not really good on the mic, so dumb it down for him. I'm going to beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's a possibility. Hey, Kalisto, what do you got on the mic? Uh, not your skills are crap. Beat him up. Um, no, you know, the positive takeaway of this, is that they're in the same territory as main roster. Yeah. Because they have a crap go-home show, and they've got a prominent spot on the pay-per-view coming up. So good for them. I And I do think that there is a chance that the tag match might be kind of a show stealer. Prime, time, prime spot in the pay-per-view, yeah. they might let them go at it. Yeah, I hope so. There's a positive takeaway from it. Yes. Let's this move is- on to NXT now. Oh, I love NXT so much. It's my favorite thing in the world. So the show opened uh, just right away with uh, the second of, yeah, just two triple threat matches. Mm-hmm. Um, determined uh, contenders for the women's title at yeah. TakeOver War Games. Yeah. So already uh, Kyrie Sane and Peyton Royce have spots in this Fatal 4 match. Correct. Uh, last night we had Sonya Deville versus Ember Moon versus Ruby Riot determined. The third competitor in that match. I love Ruby Riot, man. I told you this off camera. Her, Ember Moon, and Nikki Cross, like, they're some of the 
in the entire women's division across the landscape of the WWE, they're some of the best actual wrestlers. Yeah. Like, they sell great. They are fully established. Like, their characters are so... I mean, I know we've talked about Ember Moon, how creative has handled her characters outside of the ring, her character outside of the ring, but inside the ring, she's fully oh, formed, yeah, yeah, fully yeah, realized. Yeah, yeah. And there's never anything awkward about the way those three wrestle. Yeah. And so we got two out of those three, and Sonya Deville is, you know, she's still learning. But, like, she's getting better. Yeah. But Ruby... That's beer she delivered Ember. Yeah, that was cool. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. Ember, yeah. Ember stole the crap out of Oh, yeah. Um, but Ruby Riot and Ember Moon are just really, really good wrestlers in every aspect. The way Ruby Riot... So at one point, uh, Ember Moon and Sonya Deville were on the outside of the ring. Ruby Riot goes up to the turnbuckle, and she does, like, a crossbody to both of them. And she comes down, and she kind of lands, you know, her, her foot kind of crashes down. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything, it was, it was a total, like, fake job, you know, it was a work. Yeah, she was selling the But the she leg sold the crap out of it yeah. as if she actually sold it, and she was selling it great. Like, I was starting to hurt. I was like, oh, remember how Bar- Baron Corbin oddly sold that leg really, yeah, really yeah, well yeah, that yeah, one yeah, time? yeah, yeah. Well, she was doing the same kind of thing. She was kind of like hitting it, trying to get it to, you know, rev up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so that was the rest of the story. And Nigel McGuinness is freaking great. And uh, what's his face? Uh, Morrow, he's great too. Because they were really selling her, you know, the idea that who's going to take advantage of this. I think Morrow said, hopefully, you know, for Ruby Riot's sake, hopefully Sony Deville didn't see her selling that. Because then she would try to take advantage with her MMA submissions type stuff. exactly what happened. Which is what she did. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was it was a really fun match. Yeah. Uh, Sonya Deville did put uh, Ruby right in the ankle lock. Mm-hmm. Ruby uh, managed to escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, first by getting to the rope. But since it's a triple threat match, there's no rope break. So she started to kind of crawl and try to get out of the ring. Uh, Sonya Deville let go of the hold, grabbed her again, pulled her back in the middle of the ring, put it in again. Had it for a while. Yeah, yeah. Then in the background, you see Ember Moon. Go up to the top rope. Yeah, this was a cool spot. Yeah, and then she hits the eclipse on Sonya Deville while she has Ruby Riot in the ankle lock. Yeah. Sonya Deville rolls out of the ring. Which is kind of goofy looking, but it was cool. Yeah, it was fun. and so Ember Moon looks at Ruby Riot, pins her, yeah. and her leg's so messed up that she didn't kick out. Right. Ember Moon wins. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Kind of an interesting take on Ember Moon winning off of somebody else, because we saw this with uh, the... What, didn't that happen where... Oh, that was at the house show we went to when Oscar picked up the win pinning, I think, Nikki Cross? Yeah. Was that the three-way that we yeah, saw? Yeah, I think so. And it was because Ember Moon had hit her finish, had hit the eclipse on Nikki Cross. Yeah. Oscar throws Ember Moon out of the and out of the, the ring pin, yeah. and picks up the pin off yeah. of her finish. Kind of the same thing well, there here. There a couple moments in this match where I thought they were teasing a Ruby Riot Ember Moon program. That'd be smart. That'd yeah. be really smart. Which makes me think... That neither of these two, I thought that too, are going to be winning that. Uh, oh no! Oh no, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. So Ember Moon moves on. Ruby Wright's not going to be in the big battle royal because she lost in this match. Um, so yeah, I don't think uh, if Ember Moon doesn't win, I wonder who's going to come out of that battle royal because they announced later on. I can just talk about it now. It was a very. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it wasn't the next segment, but it was. Oh, the next. What do you think about this next segment? It was great. I like. I like that they were voicing, doing voiceover for to describe what was going on. That's my favorite part. So you have the undisputed era. You have Cole. You have Fish. You have O'Reilly. Approach uh, Roderick Strong. The only thing that would have made it better if Roderick Strong was leading performance center with flip-flops. <laughs> yeah. That would have been perfect. Yeah, that would be Anyways, good. Anyways, so he's le- – Roderick Strong is leading yeah, like the, the – port- You have the full Trent going with a pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Roderick Strong is leading the performance center. It's like security cam footage uh, out in the parking lot. 
approached by the Undisputed Era. There's talking. He's handed the T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, more talking. And then in the end, he gives the T-shirt back. Okay. With his day. This is what I love about this. Is that for maybe the first time, we have seen a non-in-ring T-shirt faction recruitment attempt. Yeah. We've only ever really seen that, I think, in the ring. Publicly. Now we saw... Now we saw Fly on the wall, security cam footage yes. of an attempt to recruit somebody into a heel faction with the T-shirt. And, by the way, when's the last time we saw recruitment via T-shirt? It's been a while. I think it's been a while. I can't remember the last time I saw it. What factions would they, would that possibly even work for these days? Yeah, I don't know. What other factions have T-shirts? Oh, the Shield, they're not really a faction. New Day aren't recruiting anybody. Yeah. I mean, they're factions. They're just not recruiting anybody. Yeah. I just, dude, I've, I was always you a always go back fan. to the NWO. You go back to the NWO. Yeah. yeah exactly. They, were just, they would recruit with T-shirts. And of course, Undisputed Era's theme is... is Very NWO-like, yeah. 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 Did, but does Bullet Club do that? Do they try to recruit with T-shirts? I don't know. Yeah, they do. Because oh, Kazarian. Okay. Remember right, that's Kazarian? Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each of the T-shirts were... Yeah. <laughs> I love the T-shirts. So let's talk about this. Oh, movie. yeah, yeah. Adam interview. Cole joining Bullet Club was very T-shirt based. Yeah. <laughs> this William Regal interview. So he uh, is giving an interview Income, the iconic duo. Um, oh, I love that. Peyton Royce is in the uh, Fatal 4-Way at TakeOver mm-hmm. for the Women's Championship. Um, and then uh, William Regal says, well, we're going to have a battle royal to determine the fourth participant mm-hmm. in that match. Because yeah, Billy Kay was making the case for her. She was yeah. like, can I put me in that? I, I think they're hilarious. I follow Billy Kay on the Snapchat, uh-huh. and she was she posted some snaps of her uh, uh, playing uh, 2K18, and she had loaded up. It was going to be her versus I forget who, but Peyton Royce was one of her managers, and Johnny Gargano was her other one. And then she's like snapping her entrance, saying, "Oh, look at that! This is Johnny right there, following me out there. There he is, Johnny." <laughs> I was cracking up. They're cute as hell. So anyways, yeah, so that's kind of cool. Next week, we're going to have a big battle royal. I'm sure there are spoilers out there. I don't want to know who won. But uh, I, I do I do think that... What do you think about this? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw the graphic. Did you see the graphic of all the competitors? It's like a million people. A lot of them are from the Mae Young Classic. That shouldn't be... I mean, I guess if you're fighting your way in, that's one thing. Yeah, all right. Because Candice LeRae was on there. Dakota oh, really? Kai was yeah. on there. A lot of them. I wonder if they're going to roll with the iconic duo winning the title, like one, like Peyton Royce picking it up and then them fulfilling their dream of holding it together. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be rad. Yeah. That'd be really cool. I'd be into that. Yeah, I would too. I love them, man. They're great. Yeah, me too. Uh, next, Raul Mendoza took on Alistair Black. I love Raul Mendoza. He is the most creator wrestler generic template guy literally ever. It's fantastic. He's got some cool moves, though. It's like, no, he's fine. He's cool. He's whatever. I don't know what it, what's his background. What's his background? Because he's everywhere now. Every yeah, week he's got he, was a in, uh, he was in the Cruiserweight Classic. Oh, okay. That's what they said. All right, well, they said okay. he lost to Brian Kendrick in the first round. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they said. Um, so right as this match starts, Velveteen Dream, Dream comes out, uh, grabs Alistair Black's vest, puts it on, and uh, that's enough to distract Alistair just for a moment and allows Raul to get the upper hand. I, I love everything about this. Yes, yeah, great. This, is, this might be the going in raw feud of the year. Not like our official, like, Frendo Award feud, but this is like... There's still, you know, two months, two plus months left in the year. It could actually work its way Become up actual feud of the year. Yeah. I think he's going to be up there with Omega Okada. Never know. Maybe. They put on some good matches. 
I, I, I absolutely love this. It's just, it's, and it's funny because Alistair Black in that first promo he did about this, and when he was like done kickboxing or working out or whatever, mm-hmm. he made reverence. He says this is a child trying to get attention, and that's exactly how it's played out. Velveteen Dream essentially acting like a child. Yeah. And this, in this case, the most that we've seen. Because he just puts on his vest and starts parading around. Like, if that's not something I've seen my kid do to get my attention, I don't know what is. Yeah. And so uh, it was great, and he just kept on. And then, so Alistair Black, when he was done, when he finished off for El Mendoza, he just, you know, he did the sit-down thing, and he just sat there while Velveteen Dream was backing up the ramp. And as soon as he turned the corner, Alistair Black looked over. Yeah. And, of course, Morrow told, oh, is that him acknowledging Velveteen Dream? Yeah, I know. And then Nigel says, I'm not sure that's the kind of acknowledgement you want. It always sounds like he's yelling, but I don't think he is. <laughs> His voice sounds like he's yelling. <laughs> he had a great line. I mentioned this off camera to you, too. He had a great line in 205 Live. Oh, yeah. When Jack Gallagher did the double knee stomp thing. Yeah, yeah. And Vic Joseph said, Nigel, what would that do to a person's legs? Do you want me to show you? I oh, know. That was great. That was so good. Nigel's the best, dude. He's so good. Next, we had this really great interview with Drew McIntyre. It was phenomenal. I loved it. Very genuine, very heartfelt. It did, man. Real. He was talking he about was shooting. He was, he, that was a total shoot. He was talking about. Um, it was a bit cringy because uh, what's her what's her name? Christy something or another. Saint Clair. Saint Clair is that a Saint Cloud something like that? Um, she look. She gives it her all, and I appreciate that about her. But it was like it seemed like she was a little too into the interview. She needs to back up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, Drew was given his, you know, story about getting laid off and having to tell his family and his dad and his wife and his wife saying it was okay. And, and how that, at the moment where he told her that there was like a renewed fire in his eyes, mm-hmm. so he worked his butt off traveling yeah. around the world. Yeah. I feel like I told this to you also, it was like Drew, over the past three years, has aged mentally, emotionally, and physically like 30 years. Oh, you know? I know. He came off as a wizened old man, you know, reflecting on his career. After he's got to he be, had... what, early 30s? Maybe <laughs> mid-30s? I know. I but, like, know. he looks like he could be my dad or something. I know. He's 32. Oh, my God. Are you serious? That's obscene. <laughs> he looks 42. Nope, 32. Oh, my goodness gracious. Anyway. Well, he signed when he said he was 21. Yeah, he was a baby. So, um, But anyways, uh, midway through the interview, um, Zelina Vega. Thank you. Thea Trinidad yeah. uh, showed up. And, and it was great when she kind of popped to the side of the frame and Judah said, oh, hi. Yeah. It's very cordial. <laughs> yeah, because he said, interview, she said, I'll take over for here, from here. And he, she sits down and he's like, hi. And uh, she says, I was watching this on my phone and I was like, Whoa, wait a second. Whoa. What? This isn't live. No. This is what access on your phone do you get to what's happening in the full sale arena? Maybe there's a security camera in there too. Maybe. There's like a security camera app for full sale. Yeah. Oh my goodness, we can get access I'm speculating to all sorts of there. Is there a bathroom cam? Um <laughs> I'm joking. Uh Oh, yeah. So, anyway, she shows up, and she starts saying, she's like, uh, you know, you don't have any threats in this company except for Andrade San Almas. Why have you been ducking him? And it took Drew everything he had not to laugh it off. Like, dude, the guy who does Tranquilo, he's he's like sort of like sixth in terms of like, you know, priorities for the men's division. Yeah. But okay. 
Um, and so I pretty much said, if he comes to me man-to-man and asks nicely, yeah. he can have his match. Yeah. That was good because he was like, he sent his manager. He needs to come and tell me face-to-face. Yeah. Face. Anytime, anywhere. You see, like, his bicep was about to burst out oh, of that I know. nice dress coat of his. I know. Man, massive. It was like a pillow in there, dude. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we had, oh, no. Oh, I really, no. he needs to be on main roster because we're going to need something to replace. Well, I and I feel like it's, oh, no. The best part of his entrance is when he sings along to his song before the chorus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was before out there. The, oh, no. Oh, no. He was out there in the Sacramento Kings gear to take on Cesar Banana. Banoni. Banana. Banana. Uh, Okay, match. Oh, no. Picked up a win with a vicious rolling elbow to the back of the head. Oh, my gosh. That looked, shoot. That looked really nasty. Because yeah, the way Banana sold it was like. But also, he was on his knee, He was like on his knees getting up. Yeah. And Ono's camera from behind him. It was like a base hit, man. It was. It was a base hit. Uh, yeah, that was pretty nasty. So, he picked up that win. That was, that was cool. I like whenever Cassius Ono has a. Because I feel like he's never going to win a big fight. So I like whenever he gets to win these small fights. Yeah. You know? I really want him on main roster, yeah, though. Yeah, me too. That'd be, yeah, that'd be just be great for him. You know, yeah. that'd be great for him. That's you all I care about. You know be a cool program is Drew and Cassius Ono. Oh, yeah. Just seemingly the most easygoing guys yeah, on the mic. I know, I know. Just mellow and genuine. And Cassius can kind of poke fun. I could see him as being the kind of guy who can poke fun about the fact that he doesn't look like Drew in terms of his manly, you know, physique. Yeah. Um, that could be a lot of fun. That'd be neat. Uh, so that Finally, led yeah. to our main event, which was the Undisputed Era versus Sanity. They got a new Titantron. Um, Undisputed Era. Did, yeah, I know they did. I feel like it, was, it looked like they mashed two completely different themes together. Because the Undisputed logo, was that this? It was like different from the Era, right? Oh, the font you mean? I think. Oh, I don't remember. I could be wrong. I just thought I saw something and then I saw I Era too, on its own. I was too focused on their NWS theme song. And yeah. then comparing Adam Cole's upper body to his lower body. Oh, yeah, yeah. In terms of the muscular. He's got the trunks. The trunk, the leg trunks. Oh, legs, yeah. Leg trunks. Not yeah. just his trunk. I'm not saying yeah, he's no. his junk. No, he's got thick legs. Yeah, big trunks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then his trunk <laughs> and arms are yeah. so narrow. Well, he's like Torgo. But he's in really good shape. He's like Torgo from Manos, okay. the hands of yeah. <laughs> the master. Um, that's an obscure reference. Um... Anyways, uh, there's some... Oh, he totally does. So, full disclosure, last week when you mentioned him getting his Adam Cole Bebe thing in line with the announcer, yeah, I kind of missed it. Like, I, I, I heard what you said, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that that happened. And then I watched it back. I was like, oh, that's funny. But during the podcast, I was like, oh, I didn't know that happened. Um, I just faked it. Uh, this week, I noticed it, and I was like, okay, well, how is he going to do it this time? He needs to wait until the announcer says... Well, the other time he did it too late. Okay, this time he did it too early. This time he yeah. just came out there, the announcer started talking, and then he did it like during Kyle O'Reilly's thing. Yeah. So he needs to wait until she says, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and and then he springs up, Adam Cole, baby. Agreed. So that's what he needs to do. And also, when he gets on the ring apron, when he points at himself... Yeah. He needs to do it then, too. He needs to do it then, He needs to do it all the time. As many times as he can. It's kind Ideally, of his thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so that would be good. Um, uh, he, Kyle O'Reilly bugs the crap out of me. His uh, what the hell goal. is this stuff? I know it's too much. He needs to dial it back a bit. Dude, bring it. Yeah, bring it down a couple notches. Yeah. Um, Adam Cole's role in the Undisputed Era is interesting because it's not completely cowardly. 
It seems like he kind of picks his spots, but his spots are very few and far between. <laughs> Um, yeah. During portions of this match where Fish and or O'Reilly were getting decimated by mm-hmm. Sandy, yeah. he had the look on his face like, oh, we're really overmatched. <laughs> yeah. Which I think if that's the storyline, that's great. Yeah, I know. Especially I know. when Authors of Pain came when down. When Authors yeah. of Pain came down, they made it. That would you, you, that has to be storyline because yeah. they very specifically had Undisputed Era up there at the top of the ramp to understand what was happening. They were just overmatched against Sanity, and then some bigger monster comes in and destroys Sanity, and Sanity has like four people in their ranks, Yeah, and they're sitting there like, oh, man, the look on his face, I absolutely believe that's going to be storyline. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, surveying this damage, and he's Is like, that oh, where uh, Donovan Dijak comes into play? Donovan Dijak, yeah. exactly. And, of course, they're trying to pick up Roderick Strong, which I totally think is going to happen. It could. Um, so, I mean... I, what do you do with a five-man faction if that's the case? That's a lot of people in a faction. I know, especially you know? for NXT. I know, yeah. I mean, that's what you... Part of me thinks, you kind of, do you kind of have to do that? Are they going to introduce, like, a, a mid-level belt or something? Well, yeah, so hour they're not all, like, fighting over that one, the, the three alphas. I mean, you well, know. You, you hear that uh, at a house show in San Antonio the night before, or two nights before uh, TakeOver? Oh, yeah, yeah. Adam Cole versus Drew. That's right, with HBK. With HBK as a special guest. I guess Ring of Honor has a show uh, in town that same night. Oh, oh, wow. So they're trying to make treat that show like more than a house show. You want to roll out to San Antonio? Okay. I've never been. I've heard uh, like the Riverwalk area is quite nice. You want to go down to the Alamo? Yeah, I've never been. Check it out. I heard it's smaller than you expected. A little be. slice of history. That's not surprising. You know, they didn't have the kind of technology back then to make big structures. <laughs> I, think that, I think I don't think that's true. It's not true. Have you ever heard of the Roman Colosseum? Plenty of. Have you ever heard of Stonehenge? <laughs> Stonehenge. It's just a fix. They alert to the stage. They alert to the stage. The problem was we had Stonehenge in danger of being trampled by a dwarf. Oh, my God. That line kills me. Oh, goodness. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Let's answer questions. Yeah. Uh, interview bot Jose GTR with news of Adam Cole, baby. Baby! And Drew McIntyre, November 17th, the San Antonio show. Is it too early to have this match? No, because it'll have a dusty finish. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, it'll totally have a dusty finish. Listen, baby. Y'all go out there and nobody's going to win, okay? Adam Cole can't get that belt right now. Uh, Tommy T, hey Fredo, so uh, recently Dave Meltzer said WWE only has maybe one of the five best wrestlers in North America. Do you agree with this? I assume that'd be AJ Styles. Are there, so we have to pow, 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 power rank the other four? In North America. In North America. Which Ricochet. includes Canada. Okay. Ricochet. Okay, is Kenny Omega considered well, in North America? He's from North America. He's from North America. And he does wrestle on occasion in North America. So I guess. Sure. For yeah. our purposes, yeah. Okay, That's Kenny too. Omega. I'm trying to get in the head of. I don't know. Probably just don't. I don't probably agree with that because WWE has Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Seth, Seth Rollins. Rollins. I mean, who else in North America? He does know that Bret Hart isn't wrestling anymore, yeah, right? Yeah, no. I mean, does he mean all time or wrestling today? I think today. I think he means wrestling today. Who else could he be talking about? Who else is in ring? Who's the Ring of Honor champion right now? Cody Rhodes, not Cody Rhodes. No, not Dalton Castle. Who else is he talking about? No. 
Sometimes he, he you know. What do you count the Young Bucks as one <laughs> person or two? There you go. There you go. Is that my hangman page? Oh, doubtful. <laughs> it was the AJ Styles and then uh, Okada, Ishii, yeah. Naito, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Takahashi or something yeah. like that. No, Tanahashi. He loves Tanahashi. I love Jeff Cobb, but it's not Jeff Cobb. No. It's not Matt Riddle. Is he talking about uh, Joey Ryan? Probably not. <laughs> I'd put Joey Ryan top ten just because he throws people around with his He's penis. An innovator. He is an innovator. I love Joey Ryan. Oh, I do too. Who else do we see at PWG? Who's in the main event of the last PWG show? It was Kenny and the Bucks. Okay. The Young Bucks against uh, Luchadors. Okay. Penta L. Cerro L. They're South American. No, they're Central American. Central. Yeah. Well, no, I think I think Mexico is considered part of North America, isn't it? <clears throat> Ooh, that's a good idea. My wife just texted me and suggested we have nachos tonight. That's a great so I idea. Had to last night. <laughs> nice, well done. You're always one step ahead of me, you son of a biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Tim Morris, which three indie wrestlers would you sign for 205 Live to make the show must watch? <laughs> Milk. He says Keith Lee. He's American. Yeah, Keith Lee. He's pulling all these indie names out of our asses, and I'm like, I don't know who he's talking about. Oh yeah, the four. He does. Wrestlers. I mean, he does. Look, I, I, I really, I respect the crap out of Dave Meltzer. I love the work that he does. Yeah. He's, he's a historian unlike any other. Yeah. But sometimes he does say things that are kind of curious, and it's just one man's opinion. Absolutely. And I'm, I don't get you know bent over. But he said something on Twitter the other day. Somebody was saying, "Who, uh, who's having a better year this year than CM Punk?" In 2011. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said there's at least 15 people, and he named people like Osprey, Ricochet, and I'm like, look, dude, they're great in the ring and everything, but I don't know, CM Punk was really hot in 2011. Yeah. Really it hot. It depends on the criteria. If it's strictly in-ring performance, yeah. then maybe. E- but, dude, even then, CM Punk was really no, good. No, he was really good. In the ring. But I'm just saying, there's a, it depends a, on criteria. And if, if the criteria extends in any way beyond the ring, yeah. then that's not true. I, <laughs> I agree, man. Tim Morris asks, what three indie wrestlers would you slide to 205 Live to make a show much I was, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Three indie wrestlers you signed to make 205 Live interesting. Silas Young. I don't think he's a cruiserweight. Oh, 205 Live. I mean, I don't want Ricochet to go to 205 Live, but if he went to 205 Live, that'd be a must-watch TV. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. But I want him to go there. The me Young me, Bucks. Yeah, me neither. The Young Bucks. <laughs> the Young Bucks on 205 Live. That'd be terrible. They're cruiserweights. Yeah, they are. Juniors. Uh, ticking time bomb. No, he says indie wrestlers. Indie wrestlers. Aaron Sky. There you go. From Supreme Pro Wrestling here yeah. in town. Indie wrestlers going to 205 Live. Well, you can't, you can't consider Ring of Honor indie. No, you can't. All right. Well, who does that leave? Who do we see at the... Is Impact Wrestling indie wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it. Trevor Lee. There you go. Trevor, Trevor Lee. Lee. I would watch 205 Live even more than I already do. Trevor Lee... Who else do they got? Uh, Desmond Xavier. Oh, Sammy Guevara. Shane Strickland. Sam- oh, yeah, he's good. Sammy Guevara. Travis Banks. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, some of them British kids. Does the dude look like CM Punk? Oh, uh, Mark Haskins. Mark Haskins. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Uh, uh, Mike Big Dog Demopolis. Was I the only one who noticed Nigel say that Redragon knows each other intimately? Is this a bad choice of words or foreshadowing an undisputed live sex show? I really hope it would. That'd be cool. I want to see weird Kyle O'Reilly with his weird sex moves with his hands doing this stuff. <laughs> his weird sex face. 
the Nightcrawler. The Nightcrawler. Hey, guys. My question is, who are the five best WWE homegrown superstars currently wrestling? That sounds like a power ranking. Power ranking. Homegrown. Developed internally. The best five homegrown WWE wrestlers right now. Would you put Roman on that list? Yeah, you'd have to. Number five. I mean, he's the most successful by far. Yeah. <coughs> Not a great wrestler. Well, like, let's think of who's on the roster now that's, that's developed entirely by WWE. You have Reigns. You have Authors Bray. of Pain. Authors of Pain. Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah, Bray. Um, yeah. Ooh, good point. I think I don't think Charlotte had a whole lot of experience before signing with NXT. No, she didn't. So she'd probably be number one. I think you're probably right about that. Because both Sasha and Becky wrestled on yeah. the Indies for a bit. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, Becky yep. for quite a bit. Bailey did too? Yeah. Um, how many is that? Roman. Char- or Charlotte, Roman. Bray. Bray, man. Authors of Pain, you said. Authors of Pain. Um, heavy Machinery. No. Get out of here with that. Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan. Oh, there. No, he was on the Indies in the in No, he wasn't. Oh, that's right. Wikipedia has nothing like it's like he didn't exist before 2014. But then somebody sent me like his yearbook photo or something. Oh. So he did actually exist. Um, but yeah, I think you're right about that. All right, let's do a quick scan of the roster. Oh no. I guess. Mm, oh. Like John Cena wrestled in, I think just primarily development. In WWE development. The Miz. Oh yeah. He's homegrown. Braun Strowman's homegrown. Uh, who else? Smackdown here. Baron Corbin. Oh, there you go. Baron Corbin. All good answers. All great answers. We did good. Well done. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Nate Morris, could you see Authors of Pain coming to help even the odds with the shield? Nah, because the point is to make the shield so overwhelmingly powerful and to put the odds against them. So that's what I'm going to say. It'd be cool, though, but I could, because aesthetically, please, uh, aesthetically speaking, yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty rad. Hey, Steven Larson. Sorry, double T. Hey, Steven Larson. So my question is, who are some guys on the roster that just, from looking at them, you can tell they're just living their dream and having fun no matter what they're doing? For me, the one that comes to mind is The Miz. Yeah, I agree with The Miz. I get that from, and this is an odd answer, but I kind of get that from uh, Braun Strowman's face. Yeah. You know, there's times, especially this last Raw, the backstage stuff is like he was trying not to laugh. I know, I know. I think he's having a blast. Uh, more often than not, I'd say Seth Rollins. Mm, yeah, I agree with that completely. Although, based on that Sam Roberts podcast, it seemed like there are times where he just thinks, "What am I doing here?" <laughs> yeah, but for the most part, uh, Seth Rollins. I'd say AJ too. Anybody? A- oh yeah, AJ for sure. Because AJ's done everything. He's been around, so I don't. I don't think with AJ, he's ever thinking. Are there greener pastures somewhere yeah, else? He's been everywhere else. He's been everywhere else. I just think that he's at the point in his career where he's like, man, you know, I'm. They've given me. They've treated me like a king, like an absolute king here. He has nothing really to complain about, no. you know. And he just doesn't seem the type. I think he's, you know, once you have kids and stuff, and you're all old and shit, you have like your priorities in order mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. unless you don't. Um, 
the the cat Daryl Takahashi. Do you think Leo Rush will ever be in the NXT title picture? I have a feeling that the answer is no to that. I have a feeling that he's gonna. I, I, if it was me, if it was me, I would give him a couple, just a couple months in NXT to understand WWE production, yeah. and then kick him up to 205 Live and and have him like that show on fire. I would rebrand the entire show upon his arrival. You know, yeah, there's yeah, certain yeah, superstars yeah, yeah, yeah. that come in, and you're like, you know what? This person represents a new era of doing. You know, things. his his nickname is the Man of the Hour. It's a great yep. great nickname. It's perfect. I know, absolutely. The man of this hour. The man of this hour. hour. Yeah. The like man, I, I said, the man of the most electrifying hour on TV. Yeah. Like I said, uh, episode after his debut, like have him in these really good matches against much larger competitors, mm-hmm. and have him just come up short, but he'll look great in defeat. Mm-hmm. Come over two hundred five live. Have him clean house. Yeah. It'd be no, awesome. I'd be great. Uh, Jason the cabbie has a power rank question. Power rank question. Uh, given that Enzo decided to use a sl- this is this is very I'm impressed that Jason the Cabbie knew this given that Enzo decided to use a slogan from a circa 1995 no fear t-shirt in his opening promo this week apparently if you ain't living on the edge you're taking up too much space huh I guess that was on a no fear 1995 wow. t-shirt that is impressive that he yeah, knew that yeah. I wonder if he had it Jason the Cabbie I can see him it. wearing some no fear back in the he 90s Anyways, uh, he says, what other 90s t-shirt company slogans is in his future? That is an obscure You remember those question. Big Johnson shirts? Yes! I was going to say Big Johnson! I was totally going to say that! Yes! Those always confuse me. I was always like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, he's a little guy? Why would he have a big dingus? I thought only big people had big dinguses. <laughs> He was like the he was like the spiritual successor to Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah, you know. Um, gosh, what are nineties? Be cool if he started coming out in some L.A. gear. Yeah, the shoes um, that yeah. lit up. Yeah, that'd be cool. Remember L.A. gear? Yeah, I remember those. Or, uh, gosh, what are some other brands that were popular in the nineties? Stussy. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know any slogans Stussy's on it. still yeah. around. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. I then think I have. Yeah. Lacey just got uh, Mossimo. Mossimo, yeah. Really Is Mossimo still around? Yeah. Oh, really? Buy their okay. stuff at Target now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Target might own them because I think that's only the only place you can yeah, find Mossimo so. at. Yeah. That's funny. Good for Mossimo for staying relevant. That was late 80s. I'm going to say British Knight. Remember British Knight? <gasps> BK. I remember BK. Yeah. Oh, man. I never had any of that cool stuff. I never had British Knight. Yeah. No. Did you ever have LA gear? No. Man. I wanted Jordans back then even. Yeah. No, me too, but I would have been happy with some LA gear. I don't know what the hell my parents had on me. Some booty ass shoes. I was, I was a Nike kid. I'm a Nike adult. Yeah. Well, there you go. I got Adidas pants on right now. So do I. Okay, there you I go. I mean, as far as shoes go. Oh, right, right, right. All right. Anyways. Um, uh, do another question. question. Another yeah. question. Punjabi Larson match. Power rank. Pa, 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 pa. Top five members of the 205, loster, 205 Live roster that you can see as good, great intercontinental or U.S. champions. Um, he says TJP as a great IC champion and Kendrick as a great U.S. champion. Cedric Alexander. Yeah, Cedric Alexander as a great universal champion. Yeah. Rich Swan would be a good mid-card champion. Yeah, I could see that, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like, the, 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 level, of, the level of competition there is 
No, I know. You know, he's so good in the ring, though. Yeah, he's really good in the ring. The the flips that he do that he does mm-hmm. are great. Mm-hmm. Um, Cedric's great. I could see uh, Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali is a good mid-level champion. Yeah. Wow. He'd be a good U.S. champion. Leo Rush as universal champion. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Is that it for questions? Sure. All right. That's our show for the day. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to join us on Sunday for our TLC reaction live stream. No, we're not going to show you the show itself. We're just going to show you us again. That's what we do. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well. Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Your words? Less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.